0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, September 20th, 2020. My name is Melanie C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater living in, in Canby, Oregon. The share ID numbers for Friday, September 18th, 2020, are the following. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time Big Book Study meetings share ID is 15384, 15,384. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Big Book Study Meeting, the share ID number is 15385, 15385. This morning, A Vision for You presents Is She Not a Victim of the Delusion? A compulsive overeater, as compulsive overeaters, we come to these rooms looking for peace, for permanent relief. You might think from obesity or under-eating or a myriad of other delusional beliefs about one's problems, but it is a relief from the frantic, twisted thinking that drives us ruthlessly and utterly mercilessly to jam food down our throats repeatedly that we seek relief from, because it never stops. The mind is constantly, without the proper treatment from the 12 steps, looking for a solution, temporary as it may be, And that doesn't matter. Please, free them from the delusion. The compulsive overeater will settle for an hour, a minute, a moment, and repeat the process all over again. It is just plain insanity and delusional. Here's a piece for you from 413 of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, the fourth edition. The idea I had most of my life that if I would just control the external environment, the internal environment, would then become comfortable. It would become comfortable. The book says that we have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind so powerful that we will chase it into the gates of insanity or death. Chase it down until we die. Even without knowing it, blinded. Dimmer switch slowly clicking down, clicking down, one tick at a time. That's the command that this disease has over us. The dominance of this action is phenomenal. It is heart-wrenching to experience it, and it is heart-wrenching to see it. This disease loves nor cherishes anything or anyone. If only I could manage it. If only I could manage it. We are unable without proper help to stop this vicious cycle the cycle spurred on by the delusion that we can fix this thing, we can stop this thing, we can save ourselves, and we try to manage it over and over again. Convinced that a tweak here and a tweak there, something that I overlooked before, will be the magic that's needed this time, this time, I've got it, I've got it this time. We are alcoholic, or in our case, compulsive overeaters, 100%. 100%. With the disease of alcoholism 100% of the time the problem is that this so happens to be located in the central operating system of our being our mind our brain all of the time it cannot be managed it's dysregulated delusional by nature by nature it's delusional The rally, the good old cheer, I can get up again, I will manage better this time, is stamped indelible in our brains. That lie, that delusion, it will hardly ever be washed away or rinsed away. We try our own self-will, our own self-reliance, but it pops right back up, doesn't it? The good news is this. There is relief from the delusion, relief from this disease. Yes, all of this. All of this. Have you a sufficient substitute? Have you a sufficient substitute? Let's add in here the idea from the disease. A sufficient substitute from food, from gorging, from sadness, from fear, from terror, from failure. Have you a sufficient substitute for me, for a fellow like me? A sufficient substitute from success even? 152. Yes, there is a substitute, and it is vastly more than that. It is a fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. There you will find release from care, boredom, and worry. Your imagination will be fired. Life will mean something at last. The most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead of you. Thus we find the fellowship, and so will you. Ah, what good news, huh? So... Here's the entire passage from page 61 of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's in the chapter how it works. Is he a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction, i.e. relief, and happiness out of this world if only he manages well? Here we are then. Here we are. So just, let's just sit back in our comfy places And listen to what our guest speaker has today to say about whether or not she's a victim of the delusion and how she tried to wrest satisfaction out of managing well. What do you think? That sounds like a good idea to do today? So please help me welcome to the line our guest speaker. She hails from the powerful recovery state of Colorado, rising up out of ashes to recovered. She has a story to tell of the miracles that abound in this program for each one of us. And we are delighted to have her here today to represent the 12-step program of recovery. So please help me welcome this morning, Jordan L. to the line. Good morning, Jordan.
1: Good morning, Mel. <laughs> you made me cry a little bit. <laughs> um, <clears throat> my name is Jordan L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um and super grateful to be on the line this morning with um, you all um an obstinate um let's uh let's do a moment of silence i'm a little bit nervous so looks like whew. um so it is <laughs> um my name is Jordan Nell. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Gunnison, Colorado, this morning, um, <clears throat> and uh, I, I'm I'm really stoked to be here. Um, a vision for you. I know um, I know we're not supposed to call it our home group, um, but it is a little bit my home group. Um, I live in Gunnison, Colorado. I live um, about two and a half hours away from my closest face-to-face meeting. And while I definitely do participate in um, my central intergroup and fellowship events that we have in Denver and um, <clears throat> and all that stuff, uh, I can only do that four or five times a year. Um, so obviously, I have to find a way to work my program in between all of those things. Uh, and I do that over the phone. Um, and now over Zoom, uh, <laughs> um, actually with the COVID-19 pandemic, um, working my program is the only thing that has stayed consistent in my life, um, because it was all over the phone already, <laughs> um, is really easy. It was a, uh, incredibly easy transition to make. Um, <clears throat> So, I, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm very grateful to be here this morning um, and very grateful to be abstinent. Uh, Compulsive overeating is something that wreaked havoc uh, havoc on my life. Um, I have been compulsively overeating from a very young age, and I've been overweight. Um, Not... Not quite since I can remember, um, but certainly since my my preteen years um, on into my adult years. Um, the last couple of years, actually, I got uh, entirely abstinent on October 1st of 2017. Um, the last couple of years is the first time in my life that I've been um, maintaining like a normal weight um i look i look pretty normal um and that is wild to me um this is the only <laughs> facet of my life <laughs> um where uh, I would have given anything just to look normal um I would have given absolutely anything um <clears throat> so i uh i before I get into my story i just i wanted to start out with a couple of things so um like I said, I work my entire program over the phone um all my fellowships over the phone besides the the four or five times a year that I go to conferences um I go to o a birthday every single year or or have since I've gotten abstinent um <clears throat> And there's a couple of other local local things that I do, too. We have uh, a New Year's Day brunch every year in Denver, Colorado. So if you're ever out our way and you want to come hang out, um, we do this really cool thing called the Angel Walk. Um, and it, it actually, like, changed my life, <laughs> New Year's Day of 2018. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, um I just wanna say before I get started, if there is like anything that you hear out of this talk today, um, I really hope that it is this. This program as outlined in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous is designed for absolutely anyone with an honest desire to stop. Um, That's exactly what it's for. It is precisely meant for anyone to be able to practice this, um, as long as they have that honest desire to stop. So the only requirement is that um, you be a compulsive over- or um, under-eater, and that the the honest desire to stop is to stop compulsively overeating. Um, In my experience, I found when I came to Overeaters Anonymous with an honest desire to lose weight, it, it didn't work. Uh, it wasn't enough. Um, we, are, um, we are in the, the uh, quotation business here of inducing spiritual experiences. Um, so when, like, that's our aim to induce a spiritual experience, um, the desire right out of the gate has to be, like, pretty honest in my experience. Um, and I know I, it, it, like, I know we come in here and, and we're, um, we're caught up in the food, we're in the food fog, we can't function in normal daily life, stuff like that. Um, but I do, I, I have to start with like that little bit, uh, that seed of honesty, um, in my experience, right? Um, so but there's no uh, personal religious or medical requirements. You don't have to agree with all of the people um, that speak on this line every day or anyone else in Overeaters Anonymous, right? Because that's what we're a part of here in um, A Vision for You, where you are a part of Overeaters Anonymous, um, just a single meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Um, but I don't have to agree with everyone. I don't have to agree with their opinions. Um, I don't have to agree with their religious opinions or anything expressed about God. Um, The only thing that I need to commence this um, are uh, what the, there's an appendix in the back of the book on a spiritual experience and it talks about um, the essentials for recovery or honesty, open-mindedness and willingness. Um, And again, those are kind of like that desire. In my experience, like, I have to have those, and I have to continue to cultivate those. Um, Because I don't, I don't, the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness are not my (laughs) go-tos. They are not what I would, um, what I would have called the essential. So it's really important um, that I am continuing to, like, affirm that over and over again, Uh, even beyond, steps one two and three like on into years of abstinence you know um and it's been my experience too that the opposites um uh of those denial judgments and opinions or what i like to call old ideas um the chapter we agnostic calls them as well um old ideas and attitudes um and reluctance um are are going to get me drunk <laughs> um so i I have to make sure that I am um watching for those uh and it was my experience that I had to start watching for those right out of the gate um as soon as I got here it was it was really important for me to start to understand um what those look like identify those um, <clears throat> and then uh, so this is about a higher power of your own understanding. Um, That's a conception of God that's personal to you, a 100% original spiritual awakening, um, customized and built just for you. Um, So as you listen today, uh, I would encourage you, um, as one of my favorite big book teachers encourages me frequently. Um, I work with this guy a lot, and (laughs) he says it all the time. Um, ask yourself what these spiritual terms mean to you. Um, and that's today, that's as you read the book with your sponsor, um, ask yourself what they mean to you, question that, because um, what happens in questioning that um, is that you actually, I, I have actually come um, to believe in a higher power <laughs> that um, has has allowed me not allowed me enabled me to recover um i was not like a god person when i got here i i don't even know if i would still i don't even know if i would call myself a god person now um i uh but i do know this um that this book enabled me to find a higher power um and it's like it's a it's a higher power that has enabled me to recover from compulsive overeating which I thought was absolutely impossible. Um, I had no idea that you could recover from this. Um, <clears throat> so when I identify myself as recovered, it's not um, its not because I think I'm uh, like super cool or wonderful or anything like that. And it's definitely not because like my life looks perfect and everything's in order and, Um, I have it all figured out, uh, which I think sometimes people interpret it as that. um, uh, What I mean when I identify as recovered is that I don't compulsively overeat anymore. Um, I also don't struggle with thoughts of compulsively overeating. Um, If this were a struggle, I guarantee you I would not be, uh, God willing, three years abstinent in 10 days. Like, I guarantee you, that is 100% guarantee um, that I wouldn't be here if this was a struggle. Um, I never won against compulsive overeating or the obsession to do so. I I never won, like not even once. Not even, there was never a victory. Um, So uh, when I identify as recovered, it is um, it's for the newcomer because uh, I, when I heard that, when I, when I started listening in, um, in October uh, of 2017, I started listening to A Vision for You pretty regularly, um, listening to the recordings. At the time, I was working evenings. I definitely was not waking up early enough to get on the meeting live, um, but I was listening to recordings. So. Um <clears throat> I thank this meeting for doing that for for posting all of um all of uh our recorded meetings because it it meant a great deal to me when when I first started uh when I first got here. I don't know if I, I would have made it on to this meeting had it not been for um <clears throat> that place where I could go and get these recordings whenever I wanted you know um but i for the newcomer because, um, it meant so much to me when I heard that for the first time that people had recovered from this. I was like, holy, like insert, uh, bad word. Um, I was like, holy crap. This is, this is crazy. I didn't know this. Um, I had no idea. I really thought that I was just going to struggle with this alone for the rest of my life and that was it. Um I had no idea that there was this state of recovery or something um like food neutrality. <laughs> I used to listen to people describe it. Uh <laughs> and I was just like um I just didn't believe people. I uh, I didn't believe that that it was a thing. Um I had absolutely no idea. That it was possible. Okay, sorry, I had to readjust there. Um, my headphones are dying. Um, so anyway, um So, I am recovered from compulsive overeating. I'm neutral around food um but i like i said my it's not like my life is perfectly put together or in order or anything like that um That's just not been uh my experience um as far as recovery goes um I very much have a a a lot of work to do <laughs> um once the food gets put down. Um, and it doesn't mean, uh, yeah, I very much have a lot of work to do once the food is put down. Um, and that work never ceases, um, and I will definitely not stay recovered if I don't continue to practice all 12 steps on a regular basis. Um, it's vital, absolutely vital. Um <clears throat> and then the other thing i wanna talk about uh real quick is deflation um <clears throat> which is kind of a weird concept right um <laughs> uh especially ego deflation uh, it it it's still sort of um i i'm i'm taking like this this class online right now and I'm sort of learning about it uh and like some of the nuances of it and it it's still something that is quite incredible to me. Um I I'm pretty sure it's it's like a spiritual tool. Um like our free will, right? When we get to steps ten, eleven, and twelve, like we find out that this free will is God given. Um and it's like it's it's like a spiritual tool. Like that's what it's meant to be used as, you know? Um, <clears throat> and so with deflation there's a couple of things that i learned pretty early on in abstinence um i i don't have any like special powers um uh, i when i used to when i first started listening to this meeting i really thought that like the people that had recovered like there there had to be something special about them and that's why they had recovered um <clears throat> like they were especially deserving of God's love or, um, uh, even like, like I, I, when I got here, I thought I was like, especially deserving of like God's punishment. You know, that was sort of my take on the whole thing. Um, and, uh, what I found out in, um, continuing to, to come back every single day, um, uh, and listening, um, I used to get really upset about the way that people spoke about God. Um, <laughs> I would get really upset how they would give um, God credit for their, like, quote, unquote, goodness. Um, I, was, I was incredibly envious. Um, and I wanted the same thing. I wanted to be admired for for being good. Um, which was not something, like I said, when I, when I got here, I, I was very much under the impression that I was like deserving of punishment and that was all. Um, and I had conceived of a God that seemed to love others more than me. Um, and I had conceived of myself as being, uh, undeserving of the goodness that other people were talking about, you know? Um, and so what i found um uh when i found i found myself um this was probably a couple months into recovery i found myself ge- doing the same thing like giving god credit um and, and i realized that i was doing it um because i wanted to to uh illustrate to people that this had nothing to do with me um that I was, I was experiencing like this completely and totally different attitude towards life, towards my job, towards my boyfriend, towards um, uh, uh, my parents, um, family members, um, even like the, not only the people at work, but the actual work that I was doing. Um, I was in a job, at the time I was in a job that like, I didn't understand very well. (laughs) to be quite frank, had totally sucked at (laughs) up until that point, like it was, um, my life was real and manageable, you know? Um, uh, but I found myself giving credit to God one day and it was like, it, I realized it was just because I wanted to say that like, Hey, you guys, this has nothing to do with me. Um, trust me, if I could be credited, I would give myself the credit. Uh, trust me on that one. I love being recognized. Um, Validation by my fellows is, like, my favorite thing in the world. Um, And and I found myself giving God the credit, and it was just to say that, like, this has nothing to do with me. Um, Absolutely anyone can have this. No matter um, how or what you think you are deserving of at this moment in time, um, whether it be good or bad we are we're compulsive overeaters for god's sake um any goodness that is is recognized um uh in these rooms or meetings is it's very much grace and it's very much unearned love um it, it, it's love that is like freely given um <clears throat> And that's the point at which, like, I spiritually awaken. Um, That's, like, that's my invitation, you know? Um, There's a good friend of mine who um, is on the meeting today, and she says that all the time. We do this for fun and for free. Um, And that is my favorite part about it. So, um, anyway, I will, I'll just qualify a little bit here um, so that you guys know believe that I belong here. Um, <clears throat> cause that's all this really is here is belief. Um, that's the only, <laughs> that's the, the tangible. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, so I, like I said, I, um, have been compulsively overeating pretty much since I can remember. Um, I've, I have some pretty early memories of food um, I don't have a lot of memories of my early life period. Um, but I do. I have some some early memories of food. Um, I have some early memories too of being in charge. Um, I loved being in charge. I uh I was dubbed at a very young age as bossy. Um <laughs> and and I think even today if you ask some of the people in my life, they would probably tell you that I'm still pretty bossy. Um, <clears throat> um, and so those two things, uh, food and being in charge, um, they go pretty well together in my experience. Um, <clears throat> that was my, uh, my alloy. Um, Bill talks about an alloy of drink and speculation. Um, and that was like how he was going to get through life. That's how he was going to like make it, you know? Um, and I would say that that was my alloy um, was food and being in charge. Um, I am, um, ready to battle life, uh, with, with that armor. Um, and, um, as I said, uh, weight took a, a great toll on me and, and has, um, on my life. There's definitely, like, um opportunities that weren't available to me as a result of being um as overweight as i was and and there's definitely um stuff that i missed out on um as as a result of being overweight uh i was 200 pounds by the time i got to the eighth grade so i didn't go to school dances um i didn't date um or at least i didn't date guys my age in high school um I didn't, uh, go to prom. I didn't, I didn't have any of those like special moments, you know? Um, and, and I really, I, I had a lot of, um, I had, I, I was very, um, I had a lot of self-loathing and I had a lot of, of, um, um, like body hate for myself, um, as a result of that weight. I really felt like it had, um, Really taken a lot from me, Uh, and and I was I was super angry about it, man. Um, And uh, and I would say even more like when I when I look back at my compulsive overeating, I can't even say that I I remember um, uh, binges really well from that point in my life. Like what I remember really well from that point in my life was the self loathing. Um, and, and how, how, how ill I felt of myself. Um, that is like, that is what I recollect, um, uh, from those years. And, um, and that's, that sucks, you know? Um, so, uh, uh, fast forwarding a little bit, um, I, uh, I, I, uh, I came to Overeaters Anonymous for the first time in 2012, um, and I, I, was, I was pretty heavy then. I was probably, um, and I say probably because I didn't weigh myself when, when I was compulsively overeating. The scale was not my friend. Um, so I've just estimated, like, my top weights based on clothes sizes and whatnot. Um, I was probably uh, around 250 pounds. Um, I was, uh, I, I'm taller. I'm 5'8". So, um, you know, I'm definitely going to wear 250 pounds better than someone who's like five, four. Um, but it was, um, it was painful. It was like painful to be that big. Um, not, uh, physically it was painful in some ways. Right. Um, but more emotionally to just like, like wear that all the time. Um, um, but I got here, I went to a meeting, um, at a, a hospital, actually, um, a uh, inpatient treatment facility, um, not for eating disorders, but for, um, drugs and alcohol, drug and alcohol rehab. Um, and I, I wasn't in the drug and alcohol rehab, but I had seen that the, they held this meeting once a week. It was noon on Thursdays, um, at a plane called, a place called West Pines and um Denver it might still be there actually um but I went to this meeting and I sat down um and I remember it so well man uh probably because it was the first time I had like really cried um in years probably um uh, but I sat down and and I started listening to everybody uh and I started crying because they were talking about food. They were talking about it in a way I had never heard anyone else talk about it. Um, and they were talking about it in a way that I completely identified with. Um, I was like, holy smokes, dude. There's other people in the world that think about food this way and, and do the things that I do with food. Um, that's crazy, you know? Um, they were talking about eating a, a, a family-sized bag of uh, 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 potato chips and two kinds of ice cream in one sitting. That was, like, one of my favorite binges. Um, uh, this is what they were talking about in public, like, in front of other people, um, talking about what they eat and how they eat it and how often and how much. And I was just like, holy shit, because food it was so it was like it was so taboo for me to to talk about food um i i i have two i have two loving parents that that did the best that they could but their the best that they could was trying to like shame me into stopping compulsively overeating um like that was that was the the tactic that they used for um you know the first uh eighteen years of my life, or I guess like twenty years of my life, I was twenty when I moved out of my parents' house. Um <clears throat> but that was that was all that was all they knew how to do, right? Um was try to just like shame me into into not taking a second cookie and, and uh shame me into losing some weight or bribe me. <laughs> I remember once my mom told me she'd buy me a uh a a new wardrobe if I would just lose the weight, you know? Um, And it wasn't enough. (laughs) Um, But that was like, that was what they had done, you know? Um, So I thought it was absolutely insane that these people were talking about food and the way that they ate. Um, That was something that you didn't do um, or I had never seen anyone do. Um, But I identified right away for sure. Um, and I did, I got, I got a sponsor, I got a workbook, um, like the OA, I probably got a 12 and 12 too. Um, <clears throat> and I, and I, I went to six different meetings. I remember that suggestion, go to six different meetings and check them all out. Um, uh, because um, they're all different, and you know, you want to find one that works for you. And um, and I did all that stuff, and I even worked the the first couple of steps out of the workbook um, with that sponsor. And um, it just didn't it didn't take at all. Um, I I I got that identification, which is awesome, because I knew to come back to Overeaters Anonymous eight years later. Um or uh I'm sorry five years later um <clears throat> but that was that was about all I got from that stint um, <clears throat> and I definitely remember um there's one gentleman in particular actually i I started going to like a Wednesday evening meeting on a pretty regular basis um and I remember this one gentleman there, and um he was a very nice guy um <clears throat> And we connected at some level for sure, um, but he would talk about binging the night before um, and then coming in and like sitting in the chair and that kind of made it okay, you know, like it was it was all good that he binged the night before because um, he was here in a meeting today, and I I just I that's not what I wanted. Um, that was like not uh, uh, that was not. Um, my idea of like, uh, um, of, of recovery. Um, I, I, I did have a bias on what recovery looked like as a result of participating in another 12 step program before this. Um, and I was just like, no, that's not recovery, man. (laughs) That's some BS right there. Um, but I, I, it was probably, I think I stuck around for maybe three months and I left and I was just like, Okay. Overeaters Anonymous does not have what I want. I um I'm gonna figure this out on my own. I'm gonna find a sane and healthy way of eating. Um <clears throat> and just do it on my own. And that's that's uh that's all good in my opinion. That's like the best way to do things. <laughs> figure it out on my own. Um uh it, it actually worked in some in some areas of my life, you know? Um, <clears throat> I think that's the God given ego, you know? Um because the ego is god given too um it it helps me um it helps it 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 helps me uh uh it helps me get to the 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 place that i was at um in two thousand and seventeen you know um so I look back now and i'm like thank God for that ego you know um <clears throat> Uh, but I laughed, and I was just like i'm gonna i'm gonna figure this out on my own. um, I had a pretty clear objective: i'm gonna find a sane and healthy way of eating um and really, it was me just like floundering around in the food and and using lots of willpower to try to to try to get this figured out um, <laughs> uh which again is all good. I am um incredibly grateful for that experience today. Um and uh, as I said, I was in another twelve step program so i I was going to meetings this whole time um i I can't say that God and I were on very good terms um but I did keep going to meetings um and that is uh that's important because uh what happens. Um, what happened in me continuing to go to these meetings is I, I met a gal at, at one of them um, who uh, was an alcoholic and was also a compulsive overeater. Um, I had no idea. Um, leave it up to me to find the only other compulsive overeater in Summit County going to AA meetings. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty wild. It's uh, It's definitely, like, not an accident. Um, I know that much for sure. Um, but I asked this gal to sponsor me, not no readers anonymous, but, um, an AA and we started working together and, um, she told me her story. She didn't, she didn't even like tell me that she was a compulsive overeater. And that's how she identified, like what she actually said was, um, well, there's like something else in my life that I use the same way that I use alcohol. Um, and that's food. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Um, cause at this point, like I had definitely, I had lost some weight and gained some weight and lost some weight and gained some weight. And, um, my weight had been all over the board. Um, but at this point I was, I was probably, I was probably pretty heavy again. Um, in, in the interim, I had graduated from college, um, and really took a nosedive after I graduated from college, Um, and it was a nosedive straight into the food. Um, and it was like weeks of binging, um, and, and not having like outside contact with the world aside from, um, this crappy little job I had at the time. Um, and, and, uh, I got very depressed, um, and, um, uh, gained a lot of weight at that point. Um, so I was... I had definitely climbed back up. Um, but anyway, this gal told me her story. Um, and she kind of like interwove the food and the alcohol and all of it. And and it was like, um, it, it, it really made sense. Um, (laughs) I, I believed her, you know, like I really believed her. I was like, Holy crap, man. Um, uh, there was there was uh, definitely um some more identification there um and uh because my weight has cl- had climbed back up and all of that i was willing to take this woman's suggestions because what she suggested ne- next was like um mind blowing to me it was absolutely crazy um she gave me a food plan um and what that food plan was i <laughs> God, I swear to God, there was a lot of crying involved again, right? Um, <laughs> I was like, "There's no way, like, there's no way that I can eat this every single day, um, and and be okay, you know? Um, there's just no way that I I I like I can't I can't follow this. Um, and basically, for the next three months, um, I would call her every morning to give her my food. Um, and cry a lot and um, say those same things. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Um, And she would take my food um, and try to give me some sort of like uh, spiritual advice, you know. Um, But um, I was pretty desperate at this point. Um, I wouldn't say that I was... uh, uh, uh 100% ready cuz i definitely did not stay abstinent um but i was pretty desperate at this point and and i eventually um after a couple of weeks i eventually did start following that food plan um with how extreme i thought it was um <laughs> and uh um and i and i uh began to lose weight um I lost a significant amount of weight in a pretty short period of time, Um, because, like I said, it was it was a pretty extreme food plan. And I want to say too, I do not advocate that by any means. You should not be following your sponsor's food plan, in my opinion. Um, It is very important (laughs) that uh, that as compulsive overeaters, we are not going around like telling other compulsive overeaters how and what to eat. Um, it's really important that we like advocate for some for some medical intervention, um uh and getting a food plan from a nutritionist, um, someone who has been trained in this. Um, it's 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 uh it's not I don't think it's good practice for one compulsive overeater to be telling another um how it is that they should be eating. Um <clears throat> So um but anyway I I got um this food plan it did it did happen to be entirely abstinent for me um none of my alcoholic foods were on this food plan and so I um I I got on the food plan um I started eating abstinently for the first time in my entire life um because the food plan i had had back in this was this is like 2014 now um the food plan i had had back in 2012 when i first came in definitely had alcoholic foods on it for sure um, but i didn't know what alcoholic foods were yet um that was not like knowledge that i was introduced to um in in those face-to-face meetings that i went to um <clears throat> but i got entirely abstinent um And, uh, and I lost all that weight. I lost like 90 pounds. Um, and I was, I was flying high, man. I was on top of the world. Um, it was awesome. I didn't continue the work with that gal. Um, we had to part ways. Um, but I did, uh, hang on to the food plan and I, and I followed through with that part of it, um. And I, I, I had figured it out, man. Like this was the answer. I had the key. Um, I lost all the weight. I was not eating sugar anymore. I was not eating flour anymore because that's what I was told was abstinent when I first came in. No sugar, no flour. Um, and I was just like, yes, I have this figured out. Um, I'm skinny. I, I, well, not skinny, but normal sized. Um. I, I have the key to life figured out. <laughs> this is it. Like, this is how I was meant to live my life. Um, I am all good man. And I got, um, like there was, there was definitely some changes in my life. Um, I, uh, I got a new job, um, as a result of this, I, I, um, I had moved, um, to Breckenridge, um, to uh where i was uh where i had been working and and i got a new job in keystone and it was a managerial job um it was a promotion i was really excited about it um it was more money um i i met a guy um at the time who um is still my boyfriend today <laughs> we are still together after five years now um <clears throat> uh but i met him um I was like, I was really, I was on top of the world, man. Um, it was, it was all good. I was, uh, if you're familiar with the chapter more about alcoholism, there's a story about a guy named Fred in there and I was Fred, man. It was the end of a perfect day. Um, not a cloud on the horizon. Um, uh, I, I had, I had really figured it out. Um, like, for sure, 100%, in my mind, like, this was a closed case. Um, <clears throat> and I can't even, to this day, I can't even tell you, um, like, like when the relapse began or how it began or with what
2: food or
1: any of that. Um, but it was, like, crazy thinking, Um that started to seep back in. Um, It was stuff like, oh, well, you know, I I don't eat sugar now, but um, dark chocolate has a lot less sugar than milk chocolate. So it's got to be okay, right? Like, it'll be fine. I'll just have a couple pieces of dark chocolate. Um, And then, like, the grocery store has a deal where you get, like, uh two bars for five dollars or whatever it is right so i'm like oh well i have to get two bars you know i gotta like like go with the deal here um but i won't eat both of them tonight it'll just be you know a couple pieces tonight a couple pieces tomorrow i'll spread it out over the week um and by nine o'clock that night i've eaten both chocolate bars um And uh and that's how that's how it crept back in. Um, it was like really, really uh insidious stuff like that. I look I'd look back now, right, and I'm like, Well come on, you dummy, like <laughs> dark chocolate, really, that's supposed to be abstinent. Um, but at the time, like it, I I really did. I I thought it was all good. Um, the voice of my disease is my voice. <laughs> Um, It's very convincing. It, uh, it it brings me back over and over and over again. Um, and I don't know, maybe like nine months later, something like that, I was in full blown relapse. Um, and I I'd g- I'd gained back 40 pounds. And mind you, like, I'm not an Overeaters Anonymous. I'm just, like, out there doing this on my own, um, going to AA meetings and stuff, you know? Like, this is not um, – there's nothing – There, there's no sort of, like, structure around any of this, you know? Um, <clears throat> I'm just – I'm doing my own thing. I'm doing what I always do. That's always what I do. I go and I do my own thing. Um, <clears throat> uh. But I've I I'm in full blown relapse. I have gained back um forty of the pounds, forty of the the ninety that I lost, and and I am um uh, I'm terrified. <laughs> um Bill's story has a, a paragraph, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read it real quick. Um, <clears throat> give me just a second to flip to that page. Um, no words can tell of the loneliness and despair Uh, I found in that bitter morass of self-pity quicksand stretched around me in all directions I had met my match I had been overwhelmed alcohol was my master Um, and uh, I didn't know what I was going to do and like that was that was the scariest part of, of all of that right I don't know what I'm going to do, because um, I'm a, I'm a doer. I'm a fixer. I am a get up and go and, and um, like, let's figure this out. Um, I'm a problem solver. I'm an awesome problem solver, um, actually. <laughs> I'm, like, uh, best of the best problem solvers, right? Like, I'm super strategic in my thinking. I'm very futuristic. Um, about uh, the way that I plan and stuff. Like I am a problem solver, and I can solve problems with the best of them, man. Um, and I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, I was compulsively overeating again. The weight was coming back on. Um, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. Um, <clears throat> and luckily um, there was a higher power that was looking out for me. Uh, and this gal that I had met, um, in the meetings a couple of years before that, she gave me a call. Um, we had kind of stayed in contact. Like she had been my sponsor and, and we had sort of stayed in contact. Um, and she, uh, had called me every like six months or so just to kind of like check in with me. Um I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say at the time that we were like friends. Um I'm I'm actually not even sure why <laughs> why she would call and check in with me other than the fact that like she was um in Overeaters Anonymous and 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 was encouraged to make outreach calls, you know? Um <clears throat> and she calls me up um right at it was it was the perfect moment that she called me up um my armor was was not up it was down um my defense um was completely down and um and i i uh i what would you call it i um i spilled my first step to her <laughs> um i uh i let her in um i revealed to her, like what was going on, um, and how I felt and, and, and mind you, the conditions of my life looked okay at this point, like circumstances were, were fine. I had a job, I, I had a place to live. I had like, um, a pretty, what, what anyone looking from the outside would have called a pretty good life. Um, so what I was telling her about was not that, it was what was going on on the inside. Um and what was going on with the food, um and and how scared I was. Um and she said, I'll never forget that. She said the best thing that she could have possibly said and she was like, Yeah, Jordan, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, I got nothing for you. Um, and it was perfect because I got off the phone. Um, and I, I, I felt, um, I, I understood the, the depth, um, of what it is that Bill is talking about here, you know, um, there were no answers. Um, um, and I, I still, I can like picture it, I can see it in my mind, um, (laughs) like, curled up on my bedroom floor, um, crying with no idea what I was going to do. Um, <clears throat> and then I, I think I called her back the next day and she was like, okay, come over to my house. Um, I want to read you something out of the big book. Um, and she read, went over to her house and she read me the bedevilments. Um, and they just hit me in a way that they had never hit me before. Cause I had been going to AA meetings this whole time, right? Like, I think that I'm hot shit as far as Alcoholics Anonymous is concerned. Like, I am um, a recovered alcoholic. I've been recovered since I was 20 years old. Like, I know the big book through and through. I am, um, I got that figured out, you know. Um, But she read me those bedevilments, and with the state that I was in at the time, um, they just, they hit me man um they hit me like a two by four in the face um and it was perfect <laughs> i cannot orchestrate in that way <laughs> um it was absolutely perfect um <clears throat> and i i i grabbed on um to this big book um as only uh, a drowning person can grab on um and she she suggested that I start listening to a vision for you um and I did that I I um started listening as only a dying person can listen um, <clears throat> and uh the the pieces the pieces of all of this came together pretty quickly for me um they were pieced together very quickly actually um, <clears throat> and I I had some really um really powerful experiences in in my early abstinence um with fellows in this program um there's there's people that are listening right now that I, i wouldn't be here with if it wasn't for them um they were uh they were god with skin on um which i like it's really important that we are that now that we're recovered Um, and we found a way out, it's really important that we continue to show up and be that for other people. It's so, it's so important, Um, not only for my own recovery, um, but like Mel was talking about, uh, that's my sufficient substitute. (laughs) Um, Even when I feel like shit and I don't want to show up and, uh, and my life doesn't look the way that I think it should look and blah, 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 all those things. Um. Um. I have to continue to show up. Um. I have to to be here to reach out my hand to the person. Um. Who's not in touch with that higher power. Like can't access that yet. Um. I, w- like we gotta show them the way. You know.
2: Um.
1: And that's what my fellows did for me. It was like it was this totally selfless stuff. I went. I went to Oa birthday party. Um and there were a couple of gals that didn't even know me um and like and i even thought uh, i thought this about myself at the time right i was like well if i if i were them like i wouldn't want to hang out with me at a birthday party i'm like this miserable ball of, of anger right now like <laughs> who would want to hang out with me um but they did anyway you know um, and we went to the beach and we got, we got up at 5am and we went to the beach and we listened to the meeting, um, and, and, and we like showed up, you know, um, with no expectations, um, just showed up to, to like, to be, to be abstinent and to do that together, um, cause we can't do it alone, you know, um, <clears throat> And uh it was circumstances like that, it was that stuff happening um early on in my abstinence that uh really guided me through um through that, that first year. There was a uh a, a speaker um a couple of weeks ago, she called it like the tenderness of the first year and I one hundred percent agree with that. Um I was so tender and vulnerable. Um I still am today you know like that that's opening up that's the open we call it open mindedness but it's like open heartedness too um <clears throat> and i really i really opened up um uh and so these 12 steps they were easy um uh to get through very quickly cuz i i really just opened up um <clears throat> And so by the time I was like six months abstinent, um, I had been through all 12 steps, um, <clears throat> and was, and was starting to sponsor. Um, and I guess like, I kind of fast forward through that, not to downplay the steps at all in any way, shape or form. Um, because there were, there's like amazing things that happen in the steps. Right. But it really, it really, really began for me when I started sponsoring, um, it was when I started sponsoring that i I started seeing um i I was able to start showing up in a way for other people that showed me that I was um i don't know i guess like deserving of the goodness too um, <clears throat> and i and I really started to to be able to see how it was that um a higher power was working in my life. Um, on a daily basis um, <clears throat> and so that is um, that's uh that's what it comes down to right um, <clears throat> I'm gonna sort of wrap up with this paragraph here um this is page sixty one of how it works um and it's really funny. My big book opens right to the stage because uh, the spine is falling apart <laughs> at uh, this stage in particular. Um, it is, um, uh, It will always open to this page first and foremost, and I think that's really funny just because of the, the kind of compulsive overeater I am. Um, so what usually happens? The show doesn't come off very well. He begins to think life doesn't treat him right. He decides to exert himself more. He becomes on the next occasion so more demanding or gracious as the case may be. Still, the play does not suit him. Admitting <clears throat> he may be somewhat at fault, he is sure that other people are more to blame. He becomes angry, indignant, self-pitying. What is his basic trouble? Is he not really a self-seeker when trying to be kind? Is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if he only manages well? Is it not evident to all the rest of the players that these are the things that she wants? And do not her actions make each of them wish to retaliate, snatching all they can get out of the show? Is she not, even in her best moments, a producer of confusion rather than harmony? <clears throat> um, that's what it came down to for me. Um, that is that is the the... Um, the affirmation that I make every single day. I wake up in the morning, first thing I do is steps one, two, and three. Um, and I come to this, this conclusion every single morning um, because that is how I get to stay here, is by knowing um, that this is not about wresting satisfaction and happiness out of this world um, by managing wealth. Um, And that's not to say that I don't try to manage, because I most definitely try to manage. As I said, I am uh, the ultimate manager. Um, I'm super good at being in charge, super, super good at it. Um, And uh, um, it is the exact opposite of how it is that I am able to recover from compulsive overeating. Um, I really have to put down all of those old ideas. Um, the ones that served me really well getting here. Some of these ideas served me really, really well to get here. Um, but I get here and I like, I start over clean, um, brand new slate. Um, <clears throat> and I i discard those um, because they are, um, they're now blocking me. Um, even even the first time that I read this paragraph um, in abstinence, right? Because I had read this paragraph a lot before, but the first time I read this paragraph in abstinence, I was like, "Yes, I am a rester of satisfaction and happiness." And my sponsor at the time pointed out to me, "She's like, doing that's not like a good thing. Like rest comes from the idea of like wrestling." You know, like wrestling with life to get what you think you need out of it. Um, that's not that's not a good thing. Um, <laughs> that's not – it's not a good thing recovery-wise. It is not going to avail you anything in this program except for more food and more misery. Um, you really got to let go of these old ideas, you know. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Um that's that's how it was um that I got here and, and I was able to get recovered. Um and there's obviously a lot more to this story, um, but we're out of time. So <laughs> um that's that's that is it for now.
0: Thank you very much, Jordan. Appreciate that very thorough, very thorough account of the miracles that that you're receiving in this program. Appreciate it very much. We will ask Jordan for her contact information at the conclusion of the meeting, so please, if you can, stay around for that and be ready with pen and paper. The share ID for today, Sunday, September 20th, 2020, is 15397-15397. So, the lines are now open for questions. If you have a question for Jordan, please unmute your phone by pressing star one on your phone keypad. Offer your first name, the first letter of your last name. And once you've asked your question, please press star one again to keep the, the line nice and quiet, please, for the recording. Who would like to ask Jordan a question this morning? Star one. Please. This is Kathy Jo P. Hi, Kathy Jo. This is Gail P. Gail P. Okay. Wendy B. Wendy B. Julie E. B. Julie E. B. Dana P. Dana P. Amy A. Amy A. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. I have Kathy Jo P., Gail P., Wendy B., Julie E.B., Dana P., and Amy A. We'll start with Kathy Jo P. Your question and questions only today, please.
1: Good morning. This is Kathy Jo P., a recovered compulsive overeater in Minneapolis. And Jordan, thank you so much for your share. It was so humble, yet so powerful. And in the very beginning, you talked about how you wrestled with the word "recovered," and I would just like to hear how you love that word today, yeah, for sure um thanks kathy Joe um, so um, i i I didn't believe people <laughs> when they were calling themselves recovered or they were talking about food neutrality um I was just like you guys are full of it. Uh, Either that or, like, you're not the kind of compulsive overeater that I am Um, because there's just no way. Like, what you're talking about, neutrality around food is, um, it it, it doesn't exist. It's not a thing if you are uh, uh, a compulsive overeater the way that I am. You know, like, I think about food all the time, all the time. Um it ran my life man it it made decisions for me um uh, it it like like i i much like the alcoholic like i i i got into like car accidents as a result of food, you know like it was it was it was everything for me it was absolutely everything for me my best friend my my comforter my my uh uh, it, w- it was everything for me. Um, <clears throat> so uh, food neutrality was like you're full of it. Um, <laughs> you are totally full of it, right? Because I am. I'm. Uh, I'm all about the results. I I need to to some tangible results here. I need to see those results. Um, and it's funny because I I I didn't see them Um, in Overeaters Anonymous, I actually heard them over the phone, right? Like I, I, I got recovered over the phone, um, 100%, completely and totally. Um, all of it was over the phone and I, I heard it. Um, and, and it, it was so powerful. Um, and so today, like today, Today, being 100% neutral around food is like, I, it's actually a little scary. Like, I've started to take it for granted in some ways, you know? Um, I, uh, it's so, um, it's so unimportant to me, (laughs) um, food is, and, and, and when I eat and how I eat and all of that, um it's become, it's become so, um, like natural or second nature. Um, I don't have to think about it anymore, you know? Um, and it, 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 it enables me to, for my mind to be, um, used for other things, um, used for, for good, useful, helpful things, problems that I can actually solve. Right. Um, cause the The food is not it's not a problem that gets solved by my mind. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I guess that's all I got on that.
0: Thank you, Kathy Jo P, for your question. Gail P, your question, please. Hi, can I be heard? We got you, and we'll let you know. Hi, uh, I'm Gail P, and uh, Jordan. Um, just everything you said uh, resonates with me. My question is this: early on in 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 your presentation, you talked about an event that you went to in Denver, and and that I couldn't catch the name of what that was, and and you said it was very significant in your um, in your life, and I just wanted to ask if you'd share how that was significant to you.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I I would love to. Thank you for asking more about that actually. Um <clears throat> I swear to god, you guys, I am I'm such a talker. I could talk about this stuff for hours. Um I do <laughs> with newcomers on the phone all the time, right? Um <clears throat> so it is uh we have an annual event. It's um a New Year's Day every year. It's a luncheon. Um and so I was like I was I was exactly 3 months after it when I went to this uh for the first time in two thousand eighteen. Um I was terrified. I was so scared. I was so scared, especially to eat in front of other compulsive overeaters.
3: I was like, oh my God, they're gonna be judging me and they're gonna be judging what's on my plate
1: and oh I was um totally wrapped up in, in my head, um and what other people think of me and, and all that nonsense. Um <clears throat> and uh um, I showed up though. Um, and there was a wonderful lady there who, um, is a good friend of mine today. And I had heard her on Envision for you actually. So when she told me her name, I was like, Oh, I was like, Holy crap. Like, um, I hear you sharing all the time. And she's like, that's awesome. Um, come sit next to me. Um, and she hung out with me that whole day. Um, I didn't, I, I knew some other people there, um, but I didn't have like someone to like chill with that day, you know? Um, and she, she was another one of those people that it was like God was skin on. Um, and, and she hung out with me, um, and was just like, like willing to, to, uh, just show up, you know? Um, and, uh, uh, and we ate together <laughs> uh, composed compulsive overeaters eating together i think it's a, a beautiful thing right um in abstinence of course um and uh and um and we uh like we do this together you know um and then later on that afternoon there was this we did this thing it's called an angel walk Um, And I I don't know if it's like a thing outside of this event or not, like if you could Google it or not and see what comes up. But um, basically, they blindfold you, which was terrifying to me um, because I always want to be in control, you know. Um, But they blindfolded me and they sent me through a, a canyon of people. So I have like people on either side of me. Um and they're grabbing my hand and they're they're leading me along um through the canyon and whispering nice things to me in my ear as i pass by um and like i said i I had a lot of of self loathing I had a lot of um really crappy things going on in my head when I got here um <clears throat> and uh that angel walk. It broke me, man. <laughs> it it broke me right in half. Um, and it opened my heart. And, um, and I've just tried to make sure ever since that it doesn't close, um, that it stays open, you know. Um, so, yeah. Um, and I think they're actually going to have the event digitally this year. So... If you want to check out OADenver.org, um, they might have something on there about it. I, mean, I I don't know for sure. I don't know if they've um, nailed down all those details yet, but um, yeah. Thank
0: you, Gail P., for your question. Wendy B., we're ready for your question.
3: Yeah, hi. This is Wendy B., Recovered in Arizona, and um, thank you so much for your talk, Jordan. And, I was um I heard at the beginning of your share you mentioned ego deflation and I'm thinking, you know, that that, that means like denying our self will and aligning ourselves with doing God's will. So so we're no longer running the show, you know, and being the director. But I was wondering if you wanted to expound on that and, and what it means to you. Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um so um Eco deflation, like, I guess, um, like I was saying, it it was very important for me to understand that this is not really about me. Um, and, and that's like, that's a difficult concept to grasp, especially in early abstinence when, uh, like you don't know anything else except for the show always being about you, (laughs) you know, like, so to try to like comprehend the show, right? Um, the show of life not being about you, um, all the time and every moment is like, it's a totally foreign concept. Um, so it's something that like, I, I'm still learning a lot about ego deflation. You know, I'm still coming to understand, um, what the show looks like when it's not all about me. Um, uh, and I'm I'm still coming to understand like um, there's a I have a a spiritual teacher that I listen to a lot and and he calls it discernment um, and it's it's like uh, like learning learning when the rules apply and when they don't you know because um, it wasn't my it's not my experience that I come in here and this is like um, uh, this isn't about the rules, you know what I mean? And being able to follow them. And I, I like at different points in my life, I have been like a rule follower and, and, uh, and a rebel and, um, however it served me. Um, and so it's much more about learning to determine when to follow the rules and when to not. And when I say the rules, I'm talking about, you know, like the quote unquote rules of life or whatever, Um, when to follow those and when to not, not base, not when it serves me, but when it serves a higher power. Um, And like that to me is like mind blowing. That concept is so big and hairy and, um, but that's the point. Like, like that is what is going to keep me engaged in uh, a spiritual awakening for for the next like 50 years or whatever, you know. Um, <clears throat> and so um yeah, yeah, I'm like I'm like learning this like skill. It's like a spiritual skill of discernment. Um <clears throat> and and it's weird cuz again, um my ego, my ego what I've come to realize now is that um when I was in disease it, that was the voice of my disease was my ego. Um, and now that I'm not compulsively overeating, you could still call it the voice of my disease, no doubt. Um, but the fact of the matter is that the ego actually encompasses more than just my disease. Like it's all the self-serving, it's all the selfishness. It's all, it's all of that, you know? Um, <clears throat> and so like it, it, it really is, um, it's like a listening skill, like learning to listen um, for, for when it is um, my ego that's speaking up or my higher power. Um, the, the spiritual appendix, um, it refers to it as an inner resource. Um, and that, that is really, that is what I have, that is what my experience has shown me. Right. And practicing 10, 11 and 12, I have discovered that that this higher power is actually an inner resource. It is within me. Um, and so what happens is like my ego starts to return and I have to learn to discern between um, the the ego and the higher power and the inner voice that I'm hearing right now is that is that which one of those is that. <laughs> um, and it's like learning to listen, um, which by how much I'm talking, you can probably tell that that is not one of my strong suits. Um, so I will, I just like um, continue to show up and um, and uh, continue to hone the skill of listening,
2: you know.
0: Thank you very much, Wendy B., for your question. Julie E. B., star one, for your question.
1: Hi, this is Julie. Can
3: you hear me okay?
0: Yeah. All
3: right. Um, say, uh, great. gratefully recovered, grateful for your share. I was curious to hear any um, maybe even recent, concrete examples of times you got into trying to rest happiness and satisfaction out of life by managing well and how you're Higher power and in your inner resource, outer resources, whatever your routines of the program kind of holds you back. Thanks.
1: Awesome. Um, yeah, thanks, Julie, uh, for that question. Um, it's kind of scary to answer that question. Um, you know that so many people are listening, but um, <clears throat> I. I would say um the most recent and apparent example um in my life is is definitely the romantic relationship, the intimate relationship that I have with my partner, um uh my boyfriend who I live with. Um uh this is the area where I I swear to God I have had it, it, it it's like three years, right? It's three years that I have been recovered. Um and i still can't seem to let go of those old ideas that i have about um a romantic relationship and what it's supposed to look like um and so one of those ideas like it it kind of like sneaks in um <clears throat> and i start i start orchestrating the show in order to serve that idea you know um and i step on the toes of my fellows and it gets me in trouble in lots of ways Um, and uh, um, in my household it's usually a lot of yelling and screaming Um, uh, I come from a family of rageaholics so um, that's like a comfort zone for me is um, rage is an emotion I'm very comfortable with I'm too comfortable right Um, and I start thinking that I'm like justified in this orchestrating um and uh and it it um it comes to a uh uh like a all of it sort of comes to center stage um and I get this moment of clarity and I see what I'm doing yet again um and I I just try to like turn it over again you know and i'm hoping that like one of these days it sticks <laughs> um but that's not really that's not really the point um like uh i i have uh i have a free will um my free will is like this gift from a higher power um <clears throat> and basically my free will uh brings me back to to um like the loving care and protection of a higher power over and over and over again um to me, that's the point um is that i i I continue to to return over and over and over again um and that's like how 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 that that situation serves you know <clears throat>
2: um,
1: <clears throat> so i hope I hope that makes sense um i am not always um the, the, uh, spiritual language is pretty new to me um so it it doesn't always uh come out as succinctly as I'd like it to um <clears throat> uh, but that's kind of like what it's looked like um so far right um and that that real world example um is definitely that relationship and and um the old ideas that I have about it. And it's that's crazy. It's crazy for me to um manipulate reality to serve my old idea as opposed to um changing my idea in order to uh uh, uh serve reality. <laughs> you know? So anyway, um that would be that.
2: Thank you Julie AB, e. Dana P. Your question, please.
0: Good morning, Dana P. in California. Thank you so much, Jordan. I
3: I, really could relate to what you said about getting in the car accident. With uh, My first wreck was in my father's car, uh, his Lincoln. The front end of it was completely smashed. And when he opened the door, an apple fritter rolled out. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I' just like, oh, good God, that was the first of many Rex as a result of food. Um, and i I have heard quite a bit of you sharing about the free will, and I also um, really love to uh, uh, relate with God on that level and understanding, I'm really beginning to get what that's all about. So uh, my question for you is you did share a little bit about where you found that in the book or, or where you sort of related to that in the book and if you could share a little bit more about free will and uh where you relate to that in the book um uh, past.
1: Yeah, yeah, no for sure. Um uh, it's definitely in that um that description. I actually I in like like a decade ago, <laughs> when I first got abs- or, uh not abstinent, um, when I first got sober, I used to go to a meeting that read that um, at the start of every meeting, it read about the actor um, and, and the show um, and, and how it is that the actor is trying to direct the show. And I always, I spend a lot of time on that with sponsors too, right? Like we, we have like this play um and and all the players are on stage and there's like um like I'm like chorus number 3 right like in the second row or something <laughs> um <clears throat> and I'm back there that's the role that I've been assigned and I'm like no I I've decided that I'm going to take a different role and I'm telling the main actor on stage how it is that they should be reading their lines and I'm telling the lighting guy <clears throat> how it is that <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, um, I'm telling the lighting guy how it is that, like, where he should be pointing the light and for how long and how bright, and, and I'm telling the sound guy that he's, like, he hasn't placed the microphones correctly onto the actors, and, and he's done this, and he's done that, and blah, 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 and, like, like that's what it looks like. And if, it, if we, like, take the point of the stance of the audience from that, like who wants to see that show, dude? That's going to be the worst show ever. Um that's going to be absolutely awful. <laughs> All because chorus number 3 didn't want to like take the part they that they were assigned um and and do like the best with with that, you know? Like they are trying to direct the whole show. Um and it's awful for everyone involved, you know? Um that's like that's what that looks like when I'm using that free will um for it's for a a purpose other than um to serve the show you know um that's what I'm here to serve the show or reality if you will um uh so it's like it's very much like um free will is good. It's like, it's a good thing. Um, I need to, I, I, I have to practice, um, using mine to sort of serve, uh, the, the purpose that it was intended to, to, to take the role that I was assigned, um, and, and, and run with that role instead of trying to, to, uh, do another role that isn't mine, you know? Namely, director is is the one that I try to assume, so.
0: Thank you, Dana P., for your question. And Amy A. will be our last question today, looking at the time. It just marched on today. We lo- lost time before we were done enjoying Jordan this morning. So, Amy A., would you like to ask your question this morning that will wrap us up yes. today?
3: Yes, thanks. Uh, thanks Jordan for your your share. I uh, really related. Um, I'm just wondering what your like daily, weekly recovery routine looks
1: like. Um Yeah. That's it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um I, it it looks really different right now, um than uh well no, I guess that's not totally true right um i so I get on a vision for you five days a week um and uh I, that's because like I said, it's my home group um i gotta participate in that regularly um and I have a service position on friday mornings um and it's it's really important that um that I show up for that um <clears throat> i uh i I wake up in the morning. I, I take steps one, two, and three. Um, and what that looks like for me is, is getting on my knees, saying the third step prayer and the seventh step prayer. Um, and then going into meditation. And I got to tell you, I'm like, you can't be bad at meditation, but like, if you could, I would be the worst meditator ever. Um, (laughs) um, I got like this monkey mind of mine and it just, it loves to, um, to jump around and find things to do and, and create my day and all of that. Um, but I really try to, uh, take the time in the morning to, to sit quietly, to sit still quietly, um, and, and let that, um, be like the way that I enter into my day. Um, and I, I, I have to do that right away or I won't do it. Um, if I get started on something else before that, then I just won't come back and meditate. Um, so I have to it's really important that I go straight into that. Um, <clears throat> um and uh and then I'm usually hopping on a meeting after that and um and going about my business. Um and I sponsor. Um I like to take gals through the work pretty quickly the way that I was taken through it. So um Two sponsees at a time is kind of my magic number, and it it works really well because I can just sort of alternate with them. Um, So I usually have uh, at least one sponsee call scheduled every day, Um, and I I do those in the evenings um, before uh, sort of quieting down for my day. And um, I, I, I try to meditate in the evenings as well um and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't (laughs) um but yeah that is that sort of um and and the fellowship events too i need to mention that right because yes you can recover over the phone um but it's also really important to participate live with this fellowship um these are your people you know you got to show up (laughs) Um, you got to be seen, um, which is kind of scary for a compulsive overeater. I don't like to be seen. Um, weight provided me a cloak of invisibility and I enjoyed it immensely. Um, so when I lose that weight, I'm no longer invisible. Um, so I need to like practice showing up and being seen. Um, and, uh, 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 and so those those fellowship events that I do are um really important for me they're not it's they're not like optional um <clears throat> it's really really important that I show up for that stuff. I get like infused it's like a weekend of infusion um <clears throat> to really uh, to to go back to my everyday life um and and really start to um. <clears throat> uh, like be that infusion in my everyday life, you know. Um. So yeah.
0: Did I lose you guys? No, I'm still here with you. Thanks so much. <laughs> and that would be the last of our questions today. Yeah. Hey. Um. You know, Amy. I'm Amy. Goodness. Jordan, you offered so much of yourself this morning, and it was just a beautiful journey through what it was like and and what the process took you through to become recovered. Thank you, thank you for for offering that to us today, and we can now archive it, you know, in our in our beautiful place for infinity, hopingly. Anyway, but also the intimate way that you answered each person's question this morning. Thank you very very much for that vulnerability and your willingness to do that. You know, take those deeper dives into your own personal self. Appreciate that. We will now close, as we always do, by reading from page 164 in our big book. Our book is meant to be suggestive only, and and then we'll get more information later. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answer will come if your own house is in order.